I'm just going to ask uh, Lorraine Patterson just to come and share something in response to last week's ministry. So, I know I put her on the spot this morning, but she just shared in the small group, in the home group, and it was just so profound. No pressure. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what I shared or what, <laughs> what the circumstances were. But I'll just share where, where God is taking me. And it's here because my greatest uh, defense was to hide. You, uh, you didn't know me. I kept my walls around me and I didn't want to be seen or heard or anything like that. So one of the things God has really strongly been talking to me is what has already been said this morning, is that we are the light of the world. Mm. We are the light set on a hill. We are the ones that are supposed to be shining for the kingdom. Yes. Deep darkness is on the face of the earth, but the light shall shine upon you and through you. And so God has been trying to tell me that he wants us to stand and be, take note, be noticeable. And um, so this is where I'm at. So I'm trying to um, be more out there. And uh, one of the other things that God has been teaching me is that he wants us to have a voice to his word. He wants us to speak forth. He wants us to be um, out there, which is exactly the opposite to what I was trying to be. And because we're at the age where we're at, um, all of us. What's that, 35? We, 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 we've lived, <laughs> most of us, we've actually been so blessed. And God has brought us to this age, my husband and I, we really, all that really counts is the kingdom. And nothing else does. And God wants to use us uh, where we're at and where we go to bring love, to bring light, to, um, to shine for him. And so um, this, is, this is what I'm trying to work at. And the way I have to do it is to put my physical body out there, to put my voice out there. Because um, I heard a lovely story this last week that really blessed me. It was this uh, fellow who was sitting in a, a, a conference where they were praying, uh, teaching about being more um, uh, anointed or effective for God. And the preacher said, now those who really want to have a new anointing to do this, raise your hands. And he sat there and he said, well, the Lord knows. That's why we're all here. That's why we've come. But he was a seer. And he said the people that put their hands up, he saw the angels around the room come and minister to those who put their hands up. And it, it, the Lord really spoke to him about that, is that we need to put our bodies in. The Bible says that in the last days, the anointing is going to be on flesh. All flesh. Yes, and here we are hiding our flesh and trying to make our flesh beautiful and all the other things. But really what we need to do is make our flesh available to God. You know, the old days it was stand up, stand up for Jesus. And stand. And you know, the other one is be a banner. Lift the banner high. This morning I woke up with a long time old chorus I used to sing as a kid. Um, love is a flag flown high from the castle of your heart. 
let it fly in the sky so the whole world can see that the king is at residence there. And it was such an old song, but the point is that God is trying to teach us to be stand up and be counted. And so this is, I don't know whether that's what you want to Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I am in my journey. And I just want to encourage each one of you that God wants your whole body, spirit, soul, and body, to worship him, to, uh, uh, to praise him, to, to, to be united in your whole thing. You know, he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and your strength is in your body. And so we want to actually uh, be more out there, uh, be more effective, and be more... And I'm talking to myself. No. <laughs> I just really wanted Lorraine just to share her heart because whatever she shared, it comes from her walk with Jesus. And I've just been watching her over the last uh, few months and just seeing her as we always sit in the kind of the similar places. But just seeing her lost in, 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 in love for Jesus. And just seeing that overspilling into her life. And she comes to our home group. And it's just wonderful to see the heart that she carries. And the heart of Jesus that she carries. And that's all. We all can carry that heart of Jesus. Because Jesus lives in us. And so, uh, thank you Lorraine. We just bless you with more, more of Jesus. The more the, the, the abundance and overflowing out of, out of our inner being will flow rivers of living water. That's you and I. What Ingrid's word is really pertinent for us today. That uh, we are actually now the lights of the world. We bring the light of God, the light of Jesus wherever we go because we carry Jesus. And we bring hope and we bring the excitement and the joy of, of, of the Lord wherever we go. And so let that reflect in our bodies as Lorraine is doing. So I'm going to, I'm a bit stuck in terms of preaching the same scriptures week in and week out, year in and year out, because, uh, yeah, I've got stuck in this uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 50. I'm not going to read the whole chapter today, but read it for yourselves. So maybe I'll start at the end. And then I'm going to ch turn to Luke chapter 18, and we're going to have a look at this amazing story of people pushing into Jesus, of Jesus is the only place where you're going to find life, where you're going to find healing, where you're going to find health. Chapter 7, sorry, did I say chapter 6? Chapter 7, doesn't matter. Chapter 7, I'm going to read from, and it's the sinful woman. Pushing into Jesus. She uh, comes into the Pharisee's home. She would have been looked down upon. She would have been frowned upon. And she pushes in and she weeps at Jesus' feet. She kisses his feet. And she anoints his feet with, uh, with perfume, with expensive perfume. And then right at the end, Jesus tells a, a little bit of a parable, a little bit of a story about how much you've been forgiven. The more that you've been forgiven, the more you love. And uh, then he turns to the woman, he turns, turning to the woman, he said to Simon, 
Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from that time, from, that, from the time I came, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And then he said to her these amazing words, these incredible words. He says, your sins are forgiven. Then to those who were at the table, he began to... Then those at the table, they began to say amongst themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And so they're questioning the deity of Jesus, because only God could forgive sins. They knew that only God could forgive sins, and yeah, God was forgiving this woman's sins. And there were many sins. Be, be encouraged by that. Her sins were many, and they got forgiven. Isn't that Amanda's message for us this, this morning? That, that we all sinners, that we don't get what we deserve, we get, we get mercy and grace. Because Jesus loves you and me. And then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Then if we turn to Luke chapter 18, <clears throat> another story. Another story of somebody pushing into Jesus. Jesus, it's verse 35. Jesus heals a blind beggar. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And he heard a crowd going by. He inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out. Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. It wasn't quiet. It was loud. It was in your face. And those who were in front of him rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Whenever you want to push into God, there is always going to be some opposition. There's somebody going to say, don't go there. It's not worth it. Don't make a fool of yourself. Be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. He was walking along and he stopped. And he commanded him to be brought to, to, brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He has this blind man asking, being asked this question by Jesus. Surely Jesus would know. Surely he could see the blindness. But he asks, he kind of just asks and he says, what do you want me to do for you? He said, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his, his uh, sight and followed him, glorifying, the God, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Isn't it another beautiful story? Beautiful story of this blind man who couldn't see. And Jesus walks, in, walks down his street and he hears the sounds, the commotions, and he wants to know what's going on. 
He can't see. But somehow, when they say Jesus of Nazareth is in town, somehow his eyes are open and he has a revelation of who Jesus is. That he is the, what does it say here? He is, this is Jesus, the son of David. And that would have been, uh, that would have meant that he understood that Jesus was the Messiah. We need a revelation of Jesus as Peter had a revelation of Jesus. When he, when he got asked, who is Jesus? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and, and uh, Jesus said, that wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood. That wasn't revealed to you by uh, understanding all the Greek and all the... And I'm not saying that's, that's wrong, but understanding all the Hebrew and all the different technical words. That was revealed to him by the Father in heaven. And you and I need that today. We need a revelation of Jesus and a daily revelation. It's not once... Thirty-five, 45 years ago I was born again and, that, and I've just sat for doing nothing for, from then onwards. It's having a revelation of Jesus daily. So Lord Jesus, I just pray for each of us here today. I pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have come to dwell in us. And you are bringing life to our bodies. You are bringing life to our minds. You are, we, are, we are being blessed by uh, and, uh, the awareness of your greatness, of who you are. And I just want to pray what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1. I want to pray that over us. Because, and we maybe we should pray this every day. Every day as we wake up, we should ask the Lord to do this. And this is what Paul prays for the Ephesians. I do not cease to give thanks for you in my prayers, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know the hope to which you are called. I need the eyes of my heart to be opened to the knowledge of, of Him. I need to see that, that Jesus is the Messiah. That he, who he says he is in the scriptures is true. This Jesus of Nazareth is the one that I need to get to know more than anything. And so we thank you for revelation. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you do it in our, in our hearts and our lives. So I just want to, I'm going to touch a bit on stuff which happened last, last week. Uh, But what is this woman, as she comes to, pushes into Jesus, what is, what is it all about? Well, there's so many things, and partly it's about worship. It's, uh, and who's worship for? Worship is for, is for the sinners who, she, came, she comes to Jesus and she falls at His feet and, worship, and worships Him. It's for sinners. It takes place. Where does worship take place? At the, yeah, anywhere. That's, that's really good, it's really good. But it's always at the feet of Jesus. And who's, the, who's our worship preoccupied with? It's preoccupied with Jesus. It's about giving something to Jesus. It's about giving our, our hearts, our lives. We've been, uh, there's been, it's been coming out today that, that we give our bodies, our everything to Him. It involves emotions. It involves emotions in, in this one. She, she weeps, she cries. 
Not all of us are built and wired the same ways. We don't have the same personality. But she weeps and cries. That's quite in contrast to the uh, blind Bartimaeus who's like kind of like in your face. And Jesus, have mercy on me. I need, I need healing. I need, I need it. And he's like very strong. There's no tears or, of weeping. But the impact at the end is exactly the same. The impact is that the impact is that it's their faith that has saved them. It's their faith that has healed them. Their faith in Jesus. So it involves it can involve words. And it can be without words. The woman didn't say a thing, didn't say anything. She just wept. She kissed him. And she poured ointment. And true worship is not easily hindered. It's not easily hindered. We, if we truly love the person that we are worshipping, if we truly love Jesus, we're not going to be hindered by what people think around us. We're going to be bold and courageous. We're going to maybe be a fool for Christ as we do some things that, which we don't think we should usually do. And so it's about worship. But it's also about forgiveness. It's also about receiving the mercy of God. I know I might have read this scripture once, this uh, statement. I don't know whether it was last week or a couple of years back. But it's uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Spends a, a chapter telling of, his, of the five years, five years of soul agony he went through before he got saved. From 10 to 15, he went through the agony of his soul. Although he was outwardly a Bible-reading, church-going son of a pastor in Victoria, England, the Holy Spirit took him deeper and deeper in seeing his own pride, self-righteousness, self-sufficiency, and unbelief. This is a 15-year-old. He observes that much of the flimsy piety in his day was due to the fact that people professed salvation without any deep conviction of sin. He states, too many think lightly of sin and therefore think lightly of the Savior. If you think too lightly of your sin, you're going to think lightly of Jesus. Then he said, he who has stood before his God convicted and condemned with a rope around his neck is the man who weeps for joy when he is pardoned. To hate the evil which has been forgiven him and to live to the honor of the Redeemer by whose blood he has been saved, he has been cleansed. Imagine today you're at the gallows or they're going to nail you to a cross. For your sins. That you deserve to be there. And at the last moment, just before they're about to pull the trap door on you and you go down, 
just before that, you declared not guilty, not guilty of your sin. That's all of us. We have been declared not guilty because of the finished work on the cross. We have been declared uh, righteous because Jesus took our sins on Him and gave us His righteousness. That's the exciting thing about the good news. That's the great thing about, this, about the God that we, we, that, we, that we love so much. We've been forgiven. We've been forgiven much. Not just a little. We've been forgiven much. Virgin later on goes and says that he thought that he loved Christ. The, 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 he later remarks that he thought that he loved Christ better and could preach him better to others because he was led to see the depths of his own sinfulness before he came to salvation. And that's why we need a revelation of Jesus, but we all also need a revelation of our sinfulness. And the wrath of God being revealed against all that. The world hates this thing. That God is a God of wrath and that He's going to wrap up the world one day. And when Jesus comes, and we say, come Lord Jesus, and we, we want Him to come like Jonathan Leach, and uh, we, we, we want Him to come and return. But as, as He comes, we do know that lots of people are going to be lost. Millions are going to be lost. And so we have to preach the gospel, we have to preach the good news. In fact, we have to live it. Live it out. As we, as we have revelation on a day-by-day basis, it, 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 it convicts us, it, it shows us our shortcoming, and we just can come to Jesus and say, forgive me, and thank you, and we clothe ourselves with that righteousness, and we go out and we walk, and we be Jesus to the people. We carry a different authority. We have a new authority each of you here has the authority that Jesus declared over us in Matthew chapter 28. He says, what does he say to us as disciples? We are his disciples. He says, uh, Matthew chapter 28, he says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And now he gives his disciples authority. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you until the end of the age. That's so good. He's with us. He's given us authority. Let's not be wimpy, wimpy Christians. Let's be bold and courageous. Let's walk in the power and authority that God has given us to make a difference in our nation, to be the light to be the hope of the nation, to bring the gospel, to bring good news, to bring the story of the cross. People are not reading the scriptures out there. They might read us. They might see us. And so let's not be afraid. Let's push into all that God has for us. And so... At the end of verse 50 in, in, in Luke chapter 7. Your sins are forgiven. 
Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And then in Luke chapter 18. Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. Their faith. Their faith in Jesus. They saw the Messiah. They saw Him somehow. And that's what you and I need to do. We need to see and as, 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 we, as we believe, as we trust in Him. Yesterday we had a memorial service here. And it was... Uh, we're not sure of the lady who died, what her walk with Jesus was, whether she had one or not. And that was in contrast to the day before where I did a memorial service on Friday. And there was Joan Page going to be with the Lord and she loved Jesus. But on, on yesterday there were probably 500 people, between 400 and 500 people seated here. The place was packed to the rafters. And most of those people were unbelievers. Were, didn't, didn't know Jesus. And it's just a, an honor and a privilege just to open the scriptures. Just a little bit and be... And, Never know at those kind of uh, memorial services what to, how, you, how do you put it. And you also want to be sensitive, but you also, you also know many of those people might never hear the word again. And Janet opened up, because Janet was in uh, Hotchkiss, it was Auntie Janet. And Auntie Janet read, read out uh, the scripture, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. And there's this believing and we have to make a choice to believe in God. We have to believe in Jesus. I looked at the two thieves on the cross. And those two thieves are dying and the, and, the, and the one who sees Jesus has a revelation of Jesus. And I know I said this last week. He had a revelation of Jesus and Jesus is bloody and, and beaten and dying. And there's, it's just a, a horrible scene. And yet somehow the one thief sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. He sees the Messiah. He sees the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So I shared that scripture yesterday. And that we, that's, let the Word do its work. Let Holy Spirit come and, and add life to that. So I pray, I just think, those 500 yesterday, as they go, and there, there, I mean, there was this, this lady was only 50, I think. So she was young, very young. And there was just tears all over, the, all, over the, all over the auditorium at the loss. And that's the world in which we live. We live in a broken world. We live in a world which doesn't understand life. Doesn't understand that life is only found in Jesus. That's your hope and my only hope is Jesus. I haven't gone anywhere near where I was meant to go today. But uh, 
Let's push into Jesus. Let's see this, un, this, this unfaithful woman, this, what does it say, this sinful woman. Let's see her realizing her sinfulness and pushing into Jesus. Let's see the blind man Bartimaeus in his sinfulness pushing into Jesus and he knows what he, knows what he needs. He needs mercy. Because in those days they, 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 there was a, a thought that uh, if you were blind it was because you were cursed or because uh, you had done some evil in your life and it was a consequence of your sin. And so they both cried out for mercy. And they got mercy. They got what they needed. They got healing. They got forgiveness. And they got Jesus. So that's what we need. Wherever you are today, whatever you're going through, cry out to the Lord. Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't claim any cure by merit or, or reward. What he appealed to, he appealed to mercy. It doesn't matter what you've done or haven't done. God is there. If you call on Him, if you look to Him. I'm looking for one word. The final word is, there is life in a look. There's a life in a look. And that look is to Jesus. So my challenge for you guys this week is every day as you start the day, look to Jesus. Resurrection life. Eternal life. Life in its fullness, life in its abundance. It only comes from looking to Jesus. So look to Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you that you went to the cross and you died for us. And we ask, Lord, that you would show us the depth of your love and mercy and that you would show us our need of a Savior. That we can't do this life without you. And so we thank you that we can look to you. We can push into you. And so today, We say thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are our Savior. Thank you, Lord, that you are our Lord. And we want to walk with you. And we want to walk in you. Amen. Never trust a uh, preacher who says that's the last word. The last word is... Romans 11 verse 36, for from him and through him 
and to Him are all things. He is the source, the sustainer, and He gives life to you. And it's all for His glory. Amen.